Welcome to Jim Galliano's Building a Better Web Presence podcast. Build something better with less moving parts, less overhead, and less headaches. Hey everyone, welcome back. This is Jim Galliano. Thanks for joining me for today's podcast episode. Whether you're currently building a single business or you have your hands in a few different projects, the reality of your situation is you're self-employed. You're a business owner, you're an entrepreneur, and it's within your DNA, deep down on the inside, to be open to and looking for opportunity. I'm talking about the opportunity to strengthen or improve what you already have, as well as the opportunity to possibly take advantage of something new. We also understand from firsthand experience the power of networking and connecting with others. I remember a long time ago I was asked what I did for a living. And to be completely honest about it, at the time I didn't even know where to begin. I had three options. I wasn't sure whether I should lead with option one, two, or three. And then on top of that, I wasn't sure how to kind of connect them together so that the person I was talking to would understand my answer to the question. It wasn't as if the person asking was going to hang around for 30 minutes to hear the complete answer, and maybe you can relate to that. Have you ever been in a spot like that where someone asks you about what you do and you find yourself thinking, where do I begin? So let's clarify something right up front. It's not like you're a scientist and someone's asking you, please explain to me nuclear fusion in a clear, concise way using just a handful of sentences. I mean, how many definitions would you have to explain before you even arrived at the main point? And honestly, I couldn't explain nuclear fusion to anyone, even if I was reading off of a cue card. At least, I wouldn't understand what it was that I was talking about. But when it comes to your own business, your ability to quickly explain to people you've never met before who you are, what you do, and the value you bring to the table could, in large part, determine which opportunities will open their doors to you, and which doors will remain closed. I hate to put it that way, but sometimes the truth is that we only have a moment to leave a lasting impression. And that's why today I want to share some thoughts with you about something called an elevator pitch or elevator pitches. Now, I don't want you to get caught up with the label. A matter of fact, I don't know what I'm going to entitle today's episode. I'm sure I'm going to have to call it something, talk about something about elevator pitches in it. But really, a lot of these labels have been around for so long that even when I see them myself, I want to yawn. It's almost like some of these topics could put me to sleep. But yet, underneath these things, topics like email marketing, digital marketing, social media marketing, things that we have had more than our fill of over the years. There are some real truths that if you could finally get a grip on them, if you can finally get a handle on how these individual topics could apply to your business and how to utilize them in such a way that you can get results, some of these topics, including this one, can be transformative to your life and to your business on several different levels. Now, before we go any further, today's episode is sponsored by two of my very own marketing resources, the Digital Strategist Newsletter and the One-to-Many System. The Digital Strategist Newsletter is my monthly newsletter, which is released at the end of every month, usually on the 23rd or the 24th. It's absolutely free, and it's designed to give you some insights, just like this podcast, that can help you think through your own marketing strategies and options. So if you haven't already done so, head over to jimsnewsletter.com, sign up, and you can also read through the back issues. They're available there 
as well. And then secondly, if you're struggling to build a complete marketing and sales system, then the one-to-many system can help you like few other systems can. This program is a complete program that's designed to remove all of the guesswork and confusion so you can build a successful website and marketing strategy. You have the whole package combined together. And once you learn the framework, you can apply it to any of your future projects as well as to your client projects. So go ahead and visit onetomanysystem.com today to learn more. All right, let's talk about elevator pitches. Can an elevator pitch help your business? Can it help you sell more products and services? Let me take it a step further by asking, can an elevator pitch transform your business? Now, after 25 years in being in business online, my conclusion is an elevator pitch can change you and you can change your business. Before I really get into it, I'm going to share just a little bit of my own backstory, which is something that I haven't done in a while. For those of you who don't know, I come from a 100% Italian-American family. Both sides of the family arrived in Ellis Island, and we have a very interesting backstory. It's very colorful. We eventually settled in New Jersey. One half of the family, one side settled in New York, the other half settled in New Jersey, but everybody came through New York back in that time. My grandfather was born on the boat, believe it or not. He had a dual citizenship, uh, Italy and the United States. And when I look at, when I think about my past, the women in the family, both sides, stressed things like education and manners and being a gentleman. And the men stressed street smarts, especially when the women weren't in listening range. But entrepreneurialism was baked into the culture. It wasn't called that then, but as long as I'm kind of romanticizing the past here, we'll go with that instead of just a plain old self-employed. But I learned from my father who learned from his father And here's the thing, the older generation, they got incredible results starting from like nothing, bootstrapping before that was a term. And without any of the formal books, without any of the training, without any of the formulas or things that we have today. And they were using these sales, marketing, and psychological methods long before any of these things really had labels assigned to them. Long before they were called methods, they were doing these things day in and day out. And I'm saying all of this ahead of time because I'm about to talk about the mechanics, the principles, and how the process looks on paper as you view things from kind of a step-by-step process. Now, I love step-by-step. That's how I learn. That's kind of how I teach, too, when I'm trying to explain something that's new to somebody. But in the real world, life really doesn't happen step-by-step. Rarely do things happen without interruptions, mistakes, missteps, and challenges. And a single step, for example, can be interrupted by all of these things at the same time and more. So as we talk about this topic today, I want you to realize that you'll have to take what I'm presenting to you and make it your own. And when you make it your own, it may not look exactly like my version of it, but you have to have enough confidence to believe for yourself that that's okay. We each have our own styles. We each have our own ways of presenting things. And you'll have to take what you learn and adapt it to your situation. And I'm still doing this to this day. Thankfully, there's an older generation or two ahead of me still that are out there who have been in business longer than I have. And I'm still learning new things all the time and learning how to take what is workable for myself and from experience each and every day, learning how to implement it, learning how to improve what I'm doing. So there's really no end to that. 
But I've also learned from experience that you don't want to become overly robotic. Do you know what I mean by that? When it comes to applying something that you've learned. We're robotic at first, but I kind of like using a, a baby. When a baby learns how to walk and take his or her first steps, they don't really, they're not robotic about it. They just get up and they try and they fail and they try and they fail until they, they, they're walking. They don't take a lot of time between attempts and failures to reason out why it was they fell that time. They just get back up and do it again. And in the business world, sometimes you have to relearn how to do that. So, all right, <clears throat> let me just jump right into this. Hold on, let me gr grab a cup of water here. Okay, so if we wanna give an elevator pitch a definition, what is it? An elevator pitch is a concise and persuasive introduction to your business or to a product or to a service that you may have. It's called an elevator pitch because the idea is that you should be able to deliver it in the time that it takes to ride an elevator with someone, usually around 30 seconds. Some people say up to two minutes. I guess if you're starting at the at the bottom floor and you're in a major city, you're in a skyscraper, I guess the elevator journey will take a little bit longer. But usually it's 30 seconds in my opinion. And then you open up the conversation to interaction from the other person. The goal of the elevator pitch is to capture the other person's attention, explain what your business does, and convince them to take some kind of action, whether that's to schedule a follow-up meeting, make a purchase, or even invest in your venture. An elevator pitch is important because it's often the first impression that you make on a potential customer, a potential investor, and a well-crafted pitch can help you stand out from your competitors, pique someone's interest or curiosity, and set the stage for some type of productive conversation. Now, elevator pitches are something that I learned how to use while I was networking, even though I really didn't call them elevator pitches back then, but it was just a way of explaining who I was, what I did, what value I brought to the table, and I had several of them based on whose company I was in. Because if I was around more technical people, my elevator pitch would be more on the technical side. And the technical crowd would understand and appreciate that because I would use certain words that I wouldn't use with a non-technical crowd. But if you want to craft a compelling elevator pitch, it does take a little bit of time and a little bit of thought, but I believe it's worth the effort. And the very first place you want to start with is by thinking about what it is that makes you, the individual, unique. Now, I've heard this called a unique value proposition. I prefer unique selling position, a USP, unique selling position, as opposed to a UVP, unique value po uh, proposition. Here we go with the labels again. You know, when you hear the labels, your eyes start to gloss over. And uh, But it's what makes you unique. Now, when I first learned about this, I thought, there's nothing about me that's unique. And that's how I viewed my situation my skills weren't unique, my experience wasn't unique, and eventually I realized that what made me unique was all the individual's experiences that I personally had around all of these other things. And so really, we're each having a unique experience. We don't have the exact same experiences. We live in different places, we were born in different times, we were influenced by different types of families and different types of personalities, 
And so when you combine all of those things together, you as an individual, if you were a food, let's put it this way, you would have a unique flavor. Even if we put several dishes that were more or less the same recipe, the chef would make sure, a good chef anyway, would, the, each one would have maybe a little bit of a different taste to them. Does that make sense? Kind of like pizza. If you're a pizza, I, I love pizza, but there's all different kinds of pizza out there. I mean, there's like the thin crust, the New York style pizza, there's the Chicago style deep dish pizza. I mean, I can just go on and on with the different types of pizzas. Recently, I learned that one of the things that really impacts the flavor of pizza is how the flour is made and where the flour comes from. So a friend of mine imports their flour from Italy, which gives their wood oven pizza a very unique taste. So when we apply these concepts to us as individuals, you have a unique flavor, you have a unique taste, you have a unique personality, you are a brand. We're going back to branding again. So this whole elevator pitch concept will be particular to your brand. So what is it that makes you unique? Well, originally, the one thing that I thought truly made me unique, the more I began to learn about the market that I was in, was that I was reliable and that I responded probably faster than 99% of my competitors. And I learned that from watching the old timers, that if you're consistent, consistency is a huge thing in today's world. That is the one element that keeps people from success, I believe, more than anything else. More than a lack of knowledge, more than a lack of understanding, more than a lack of funds. People are not consistent with the things they already have. They're waiting to get something else, and then they'll be consistent. <clears throat> Excuse me. Okay. So I had a unique uh, selling position that I was extraordinarily reliable. And that, to me, was such a... Um, I guess, non-exciting USP that I could ever come up with if I was trying to come up with something that was as bland as possible. I mean, how do I communicate that to other people? But yet my clientele was growing at the time simply because of that. It was the one thing that was causing me to stand out. I would get back to people right away. Sometimes I'd get back to people. Someone would send me an email at 1130 at night. I was still up and I would respond to the email within like five minutes. And so that was unheard of, probably still is today. Do I still do it? No, not really, not like that. But I keep on top of what's important, um, like I, at least I believe like few others do in my niche. So come up with a USP even if it's not that exciting. Number two, know your audience. An elevator pitch needs to be tailored to whoever it is on the listening listening side. So think about who you're speaking to, think about what's important to them, now, if you're in a social situation, think about the other people, maybe not the people who you're directly talking to, but the people who are listening to the conversation. What pain points, frustrations, and things like that do they have? And by understanding who the audience is, both directly and indirectly, people around you, you can better connect with them and make your pitch more compelling. <clears throat> so for example, one of the, and a lot of these things that, we talk about marketing-wise. If you're close to these things, these things do not sound as exciting to you, nor should they, as they will be to your listener. In other words, if you're in design, you're in marketing, you're in social media, you're in content creation, you're in website design and development, we talk about these things with others in our, in our crowd, our, 
our competitors, our peers, and all of that. We've been talking about these things for years online, and so the, the subjects don't have the same spark within our group that they will have in people who are outsiders, people who are on the outside looking in. So it doesn't have to be exciting to you for it to be exciting to them. Okay, so know who your audience is. Next, you want to keep what you're saying very simple and very clear. Your elevator pitch should be simple, easy to understand. When necessary, avoid technical terms, industry-specific jargon, things like that that your audience isn't familiar with. And instead, focus on explaining your business in a clear, straightforward kind of way. You know, people talk about storytelling techniques. Um, I'm trying to think of the author of the book of the story brand. His name escapes me at the moment, but I'm sure some of you are familiar with the book, um, Building a Story Brand, or Storytelling Brand. And people have been telling stories for years. And I found that sometimes if I'm with a group of people, I could talk a little bit about my origin story, especially being that it happened so long ago. And I take people back to the beginning, what it was like working from a spare bedroom in an apartment at the time after having, not having been married all that long. And, uh, and what happened? I'm talking about the business that I started before I even came online. And I go over some of those things. And other people who own their businesses or potentially my clients, they, they start relating to their own early days and the frustrations and things like that. So just by telling a story, sometimes you can make a connection. Okay, let me go ahead and share with you a dozen examples of actual elevator pitches. They're currently being used by people just like yourself, online business owners. These are brief, they're to the point, they're conversation openers, and they all fit within that 30-second window that's considered the elevator pitch window. The first comes from an e-commerce entrepreneur. This person says, hi, I'm the founder of an e-commerce store. We specialize in unique home goods. We curate a collection of high-quality, stylish items that are sure to elevate any kind of living space. Our customers love our products because they're not just functional, they're also conversation starters. And so you can see there you can the element of having that unique sales position. I'm sure there's plenty of other stores out there that could say basically the same thing using different words, but they're not. And that's the idea of having this kind of clear, concise opener. The next comes from a freelance writer. This person says, hi, I'm a freelance writer who specializes in creating engaging content that captures the attention of readers, whether it's blog posts, social media content, or email newsletters. I know how to craft content that resonates with my client's target audience. Again, very simple, very clear, right to the point. Imagine asking somebody what they do and them telling you that briefly in an opening in a conversation. Would you want more information? Well, if having a freelance writer or hiring a freelance writer was something maybe that you had on the back burner of your mind, definitely. I might say, well, how do you how do you determine how to write the kind of content that engages people? Do you do do you research the audience? Do you do SEO? How do you come to that conclusion? Next is an online course creator. Hi, I'm an online course creator who helps entrepreneurs learn the skills they need to succeed in their businesses. My courses are designed to be actionable and practical with real-world examples and hands-on exercises. I'm passionate about helping others achieve their goals and taking their businesses to the next level. Next, we have a social media manager. I'm a social media manager who helps businesses build their online presence and connect with their target audience. 
From creating compelling content to managing ad campaigns, I know how to get results on social media. Conversation opener? Definitely. Next, we have a graphic designer. Hi, I'm a graphic designer who specializes in creating stunning visuals that capture the essence of my client's brand. Whether it's a logo, website design, or marketing collateral, I know how to make my client's businesses stand out in a crowded marketplace. Now, that's one of the intros when I heard that. I thought, I've heard this more or less in many different ways throughout courses over the years and books that I've read and conversations about marketing But very rarely have I ever heard that live. Very rarely have I ever had a designer actually say that to me. I think if they did, I would definitely be open to hear more about what it is that they did. Next is an online marketer. I'm an online marketer who specializes in helping businesses generate leads and grow their revenue. From search engine optimization to pay-per-click, I know how to get my clients in front of their target audience and convert them into paying customers. Next, a virtual assistant. Hello, I'm a virtual assistant who helps busy entrepreneurs stay on top of their to-do lists. From managing emails and scheduling appointments, I know how to keep things running smoothly so my clients can focus on what they do best. Next, an affiliate marketer. Hi, I'm an affiliate marketer who helps businesses promote their products and services to a wider audience. Whether it's through my blog or social media, I know how to get my followers excited about the brands I promote. Number nine, the web developer. Hi, I'm a web developer who specializes in creating custom websites that reflect my clients' unique brand identities. From responsive design to e-commerce functionality, I know how to build websites that look great and perform well. Number 10, podcast host. Hi, I'm a podcast host who interviews successful entrepreneurs and shares their stories with my listeners. From inspiring antidotes to practical tips, my podcast is a must listen to anyone looking to start or grow their online business. Number 11, content strategist. Hey, I'm a content strategist who helps businesses create cohesive and effective content marketing strategies. From the idea to the distribution, I know how to create content that will resonate with my client's target audience and drive results. And finally, number 12, an online coach. Hey, I'm an online coach who helps entrepreneurs overcome their limiting beliefs and achieve their full potential. Through my one-on-one coaching and group programs, I help my clients develop the mindset and skills they need to succeed in business and in life. Let's look at a few more real-world examples of how this is applied, how these principles are applied. Take, for example, the Dollar Shave Club. I know a lot of guys are familiar with this. Their unique uh, selling position is their focus on delivering high-quality razors and grooming products at a very affordable price. They do this by cutting out the middleman and selling directly to the consumer so they're able to offer a premium product without the premium price tag. In addition, they also differentiate themselves from competitors by offering a monthly subscription service that delivers new razor blades directly to the person's front door. And then another one that comes to mind is Tony Horton, the individual behind the Power 90 Beachbody program. He has a very clear and simple elevator pitch that emphasizes his unique selling position. His pitch could be something like, I help people achieve their fitness goals with effective, fun, and efficient workouts that fit into their busy lives. So what he did was basically 
basically craft a program that dealt one day with cardio, one day with physical strength, and he fit it all into a 30-minute program. So now it started out that way, of course, if you go to his more advanced programs, I think it went from about 30 minutes to about 45 minutes. But the whole idea was he was getting people into shape that otherwise would have never even gotten started because his pitch highlighted the benefits, including convenience and limited time for the person doing the exercising. And he used such clear, such concise language to do it. And he had plenty of testimonials also for people that they were in that situation where they were maybe grossly overweight or really out of shape or really not doing well physically. And then they took his program by doing these little 30-minute workouts. I call them little workouts. I actually went through this program twice over the years, once in the 90s, once again in the 2000s. And both times, I think I was in the best shape of my life when I was finished with the programs. But he's another great example of someone taking a concept and boiling it down into a simple, easy-to-communicate, clear, concise message that anybody could understand. This just happens to be one of those topics that we could examine from multiple perspectives. And as I said earlier, I think it's important not to be robotic in your approach to this and how you're going to apply it to whatever kind of business that you have. Now, an elevator pitch can be just as valuable for an individual creating it as it will be being used in a real world networking type of situation. For example, if you create the elevator pitch for yourself, you're helping to clarify the value that you offer to your market so that you understand where your value points are and how to communicate them more effectively. And that's going to affect your sales and your promotional materials in a positive way because you're aligning your message to be closer to your actual skill set and whatever it is that you're capable of producing. In other words, just having an elevator pitch, even if you've never used it out in the real world, will help you stay on point and how you create your marketing materials and how you communicate through your, your website, how you communicate on social media, and so on. So even if you never use your elevator pitch word for word during a sales call or a meeting or networking event or connecting with a prospect, having a well-crafted, well-thought-out elevator pitch etched into your mind, so to speak, will help you stay focused on what's important for your business. And it will also provide you with the confidence to represent yourself and your business in the best light possible. So on the other hand, what if you made your elevator pitch after creating a primary tool for your marketing, sales, and networking efforts? In other words, you consciously took it and you went out there and you redesigned your marketing messaging and materials to reflect that elevator pitch, which is that clear, concise, this is the value that you offer, this is what makes you different, this is what makes you the best choice in your marketplace. With time, you could refine that, you can adjust it, and you'll be able to maximize your results using that approach. And again, based on my own experience, I believe that the outcome of understanding how all this works and everything that we've talked about up to this point, I believe that the outcome will fall typically somewhere in between these two scenarios. In other words, it can help you reevaluate what it is that you're doing, why you're doing it, how you see yourself, and it will give you better clarity and focus. And then also you can use this to a point when you're actually out there connecting and communicating with people. 
you're either a people person or you're not. I know some people become a people person over time, but if we just look at it as black and white, if you're not the kind of person that's going to go out there and network actively all the time and meet people, then that's not you. You can replicate to a point, though, the kind of results that a networking, a pro-networking personality can achieve or can secure simply by creating ongoing content, especially audio content like I'm creating now, video content, that type that has that element of the, the person's actual personality coming across in the material. It's a little harder to do with writing. It can be done with writing. If you're a writer, especially, that's, that's how you hone your craft. You have your personality infused into the content. But when you're creating an audio content or you're creating video content, I think that it's much easier to achieve that. I think in the big picture, when you hear things like that and you realize that there's some value here that you can take advantage of, it's easy to feel enthusiastic about all the possibilities and then get sidetracked during the process as you're trying to implement these things because... As you know, sometimes you fail to achieve the kind of results that you yourself know you're capable of. And as a result, we continuously, over time, especially if you've been in business for a while, we revisit certain topics over and over again until we finally get something right. Until we finally dot the right I's and cross the right T's, we do certain things. Like writing effective copy could be an example of that. It's something that we know that we can benefit from if we get better at. We spend a little time, then we get distracted, we move on to something else. And so maybe we, we revisit that topic every few years or every three years or even longer than that. But every time we revisit it, we do so having a little more experience, a little better insight. And so every time we revisit it, we get perhaps a better result. It's sort of like going through school where you start out at the very beginning and then every year you revisit certain subjects until you increase your proficiency in those subjects. And then eventually you get to a point as a student where you decide whether you're going to take what you have and just go out into the world or whether you're going to go back into the classroom with the intent and in specializing on something more specific. So let me just conclude today's episode and just give you a word of encouragement. You've heard this information. I'm sure you can see its value. I'm sure that you can, at the very least, see that it could help your business in some way, shape, or form. But why not take an hour, turn off the phone, turn off the notifications, and concentrate on building the best kind of elevator pitch that you're capable of building right now at this point? Because now that you understand that it's going to have multiple applications, even if you don't use it out there in the wild, so to speak, it will help you focus more on what you should be focusing on. It will help you to see yourself in perhaps a clear, more concise light and what your skill set is and how you can best serve the marketplace that you're doing business in or how you can better serve it. So go ahead and take a little bit of time and do this. At worst, what's going to happen? At worst, maybe you'll waste an hour or so of your time, but you'll probably waste more time than that anyway this upcoming week, streaming a lousy movie or something like that. So, but at best... You just won't know until you try. Okay, that's about all for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you think it will help a friend, please go ahead and share the episode link with them. Share it on Facebook, Twitter, or anywhere else. Or send them to jimgalliano.com forward slash podcast. All the back episodes can be found there as well. As always, your sharing of this podcast as a whole or a specific episode link 
definitely helps me reach others who could use a boost with their online business. So thanks again for listening. Have a great rest of your week, and I'll talk to you later. Bye.